Hello, Dog Pound. <clears throat> this is the Oracle Speaks. I am the Village Elliot. And it's time to celebrate the Browns' win over the Steelers. Always a great feeling. The Browns lost, of course, their first game against Pittsburgh. They also lost their first game against Baltimore. Now they've avenged those two defeats. They've beaten Baltimore, they've beaten Pittsburgh, and they started the season off by beating Cincinnati so they can do no worse than have a 500 record in the division. This was a so-called ugly win against the Steelers. It was a defensive win without a lot of offensive output. It was won once again by a last-second field goal after a uh, last-minute drive by the Browns to win 13-10. to Dustin Hopkins is the hero once again. A very wise investment in what? Special teams. Defense and special teams wins the game for the Browns once again. You do not have to have 400-yard passing games in order to win. Even though the Browns are without their Franchise quarterback, a term that I despise, even though Deshaun Watson's a very fine quarterback and has proven his toughness, it is possible to win without your top guy. All this was foretold to you in previous shows by the Oracle. Also, I might add, by the Cleveland Browniacs, Joel Cade and myself discussed this at length, and also with John Suchan, and um, also with Steve Gill and others on this network, we've all pretty much told you that we felt that Donovan, um, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones, no, Dorian Thompson Robinson was adequately prepared for this with five years, not four years, but five years at UCLA at major college football. He had 50 starts. It's not like somebody like Trey Lance who just had a few games of starting at less than power five competition, but had a big arm and he's tall. No, no, no. This is a guy that had more than adequate preparation for the NFL. He's had some time to get familiarized with the Cleveland Browns playbook. He was ready. The first game against Baltimore, remember that Deshaun Watson was not able to go and um, <clears throat> they did not prepare DTR to be the starter, but he just was told with a few hours before game time, dude, you've got to execute Deshaun Watson's uh, game plan. Uh, he's not able to go. You're it. That was not the optimum way to bring along a rookie against the number one defensive team in the NFL. Nevertheless, that's what happened. He had a bad game against Baltimore, and the Browns management decided, well, we're going to give up on you for the time being. We brought on um, P.J. Walker, who we think is a decent quarterback, a career backup, nevertheless. Um, we think he's a able to win and he proved that uh, didn't really set the world on fire I think that 
Dorian Thompson Robinson is a better quarterback than P.J. Walker. Not that P.J. Walker can't win, but DTR is a better quarterback. And that's what we showed, what he showed, I should say, against Pittsburgh Steelers, who I think, probably I'm in the minority, but I believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers really have a better defense overall than Baltimore. Now, Pittsburgh does not have as good an offense because they have nobody of the caliber of Lamar Jackson. But, nevertheless, they have a different style of defense. They have this attacking style of defense where they try to generate turnovers and they do give up yards. You can gain yards against the Steelers, but you are going to risk turning the ball over against the Steelers. They win the turnover battle game after game after game after game. And in fact, they won the turnover battle against the Browns. The Browns did have an interception. And I believe that the Steelers had no interceptions, no fumbles this entire game. So they're they're very conservative on offense and very, uh, shall we say, daring on defense. They try to generate turnovers. In some ways, they're similar to the Greg Williams defense that the Browns played a few years ago where they really harass the passer, really get after the passer, and try to take chances, <clears throat> gamble on defense, cut in front of the receivers. They're willing to give up some big plays, but they want to generate turnovers when they can. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is a philosophy that they have. They've had it for years. That's just the way that they play football. And I don't think you can be fooled by the statistics. And you say, well, they gave up more yards than the Baltimore Ravens. So I think they're not as good as the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're every bit as good as Baltimore. It would not surprise me if Pittsburgh has a better record down the stretch than Baltimore. Baltimore, by the way, hasn't been hit as hard by the injury bug as Cincinnati, who lost Joe Burrow, who I think is the number one quarterback in the NFL. But they did lose Mark Andrews, the all-pro tight end. They go to Mark Andrews once every seven snaps or so, and he's also instrumental in providing blocking for the running game. So it remains to be seen how good they are on offense from here on. Um, all three teams, Baltimore, Cleveland, and um, Cincinnati have been hit hard on offense by the injury bug. And Pittsburgh has just never been very good on offense from the get-go. We all play in the same division, and uh, I think it's 
it's still anybody's uh, division. I think Cincinnati maybe is too far to catch up, but the style of play, I think, is going to be very similar. Nobody can score points, and everybody plays crushing defense. Except, Well, Cincinnati's defense is probably not as good as the other three. But you get what my drift. I don't think that there's a great deal of difference between the three teams whose uh, record shows that they are still in contention for the playoffs. And by the way, the Browns, playoffs, and said the P word, I'm sorry about that for those who are superstitious, but the Browns, it's just a fact that they're in the number one uh, seed for the wild card. And, you know, the Ravens, in my opinion, just kind of lucky. The first time they faced Cincinnati, Burrow was injured and hopping around on one foot. And the second time they played him, Burrow had a season-ending injury uh, to his wrist. He snapped a tendon, I guess, or a ligament. I'm not sure which. But anyway, he's out for the season. How impressed are we supposed to be that the Bengals are able to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals with an injured Joe Burrow both times. They also played the Browns with a rookie quarterback making his first start without the ability to prepare to be the starter. They also played the Texans in game one where C.J. Stroud made his first ever start in the NFL. I would say that C.J. Stroud, as good as he is now, was probably not as good in game one as he is in game 10 or 11. So I'm, I'm just not real sure that I think that, that the Ravens are quite as impressive as the record. Well, you can say that, well, a win's a win, and yeah, it is, but if you're going to have uh, two games against rookies making their first NFL start, two games against the Cincinnati Bengals in which the Starting quarterback, the fulcrum of their offense is not nearly at 100%. And in one case, just, you know, the Bengals were ahead when Burrow left the game. I, you know, I felt that the point spread was upside down against that game uh, on uh, Thursday night. And Burrow had led the Bengals to a lead, got injured, and then the, the uh, Ravens were able to take over that game. I don't know. I just think that the division is wide open. I think Pittsburgh is still a threat, and I think Cleveland, even without the first-string quarterback, is still capable, still a threat, because they have a superior defense. And, you know, it's called winning ugly, winning low-scoring games, winning with special teams, hanging around and eking out victories. It's possible. It's very possible, fans. The Browns also signed a new quarterback, and uh, his name is Joe Flacco, and he's been in a Super Bowl and won it. I don't want to go crazy about Joe. He's 38 years old, and I don't believe that the Browns signed him to be a number one. But really, the Browns still need to sign another quarterback for the practice squad. I think that they were remiss in not doing that immediately when it became clear that Watson had some issues with his shoulder back in game two. They should always have three quarterbacks on the active roster and a guy on the practice squad. I just think that's a no-brainer in today's NFL with a 17-game schedule. 
I have criticized the Browns all season long. And once again, I've told you that in Greek mythology, that certain individuals were blessed by the gods with the ability to foretell the future, and yet they were cursed because nobody would believe them. That perhaps is my fate, and that I foretold that the quarterback situation needed to be reinforced. The Browns, any NFL team really, needs to be a quarterback factory. You need to have three quarterbacks, three good quarterbacks, not trashy quarterbacks, in order to function. And in fact, sometimes I think the the function of a backup quarterback is to placate the ego of the number one guy, where the teams deliberately go out and sign somebody that is not going to threaten the ego of the number one quarterback. Like, here, we'll sign somebody that's not very good number one quarterback so that it won't harm your ego and you won't regard it as a threat. We don't want you to feel that there's any competition for your job. And that is totally the wrong, wrong attitude. Competition is always good in football. And the idea uh, that uh, you would do something this stupid um, is just appalling. The perfect team, the perfect example of that is the New York Jets. Um, what they did, of course, is they, first of all, they like the Browns. They spent too much money on their number one quarterback, and they got Aaron Rodgers, and they created this religion that Aaron Rodgers was going to turn back the clock, and he was going to become the Aaron Rodgers of three and four years ago. Uh, that's fine. We've got this religion, all right? I don't share that religion, but they had this religion that he was going to be the number one quarterback. Okay, we got that. And then they decided that, well, all right, well, we're stuck with Zach Wilson. We've got him under contract. Um, that's also uh, kind of a given. Um, but what we want is for him to not feel bad because we brought in this big-name quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, of mythical proportion. And so what we're going to do is get rid of the number three quarterback and not sign anybody to replace him because we don't want to hurt his feelings and make him feel bad. We want to coddle him and let him feel secure that he's the number two guy. Uh, you know, so Mike White, uh, the guy who played very, very well, in uh, spot starts last season was let go and not replaced. The Jets also had a guy named who? Uh, Joe Flacco who uh, last played for the New York Jets could have re-signed with the New York Jets. They decided mm, we don't want to have any other veteran quarterbacks that might make our guy feel bad uh, Zach Wilson, we don't want him to have his feelings hurt. We want him to feel that he's still our guy and we still love him and that when Aaron Rodgers retires someday that he will once again be the number one quarterback. We don't want to have any competition at this position. 
that is so wrong. Uh, you need to have three quarterbacks, the best you can find, the best you can afford, and then also have somebody on the practice squad that you're working with to learn the playbook in case you need an emergency quarterback. There's no reason with 16 positions on the practice squad that you can't find a quarterback to play on the practice squad. And the Cleveland Browns are just as guilty of that as the New York Jets. You're just as dumb. That is so dumb to not have a quarterback that's at least training to learn the playbook. And then even if somebody, uh, you know, signs away your quarterback, uh, you know, which happens in this league, the practice squad guys are not 100% protected, even if you extend the protection uh, that's afforded to certain guys on the practice squad, it only works from Tuesday through game day, and somebody can always pick him off on a Monday after the game day. The point is, if you do this as a standard practice, there are going to be guys around the league that know the first, let's say, 40 plays of the playbook, and you can have a chance to find somebody that will be available that you can sign. Uh, right now, you know, the only guys that are available that I'm aware of uh, that know the Browns' playbook are Garrett Gilbert, who the Browns had uh, with Stefanski in 2020, which is a long time ago, uh, but it was a playoff year. And the other guy is Josh Rosen. Uh, and, uh, you know, Rosen, uh, we're not sure exactly what's wrong with Rosen, but a lot of teams have had him for a short time and given up on him. So, that, you know, there seems to be some objection to him, despite the fact that he has an arm that's comparable to Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, so I really am very shy about signing a guy like that. Those are the only two that I'm aware of that are out there that know some part of the uh, playbook. Well, no, I take that back. There's also uh, uh, Kyle Oletta is also another guy that's out there that knows the Browns playbook. He was with the Browns two years ago. Um, he played in, I think it was the USFL, and did not have a good season. So I'm not sure if that's really the guy that you want to sign off the street to become an emergency quarterback or not. But anyway, they should be training somebody on the practice squad. I don't care who it is. Get somebody that's trained up, that you're familiar with, that you can learn about. And then, you know, if you don't like him, uh, cut him and sign somebody else. But get people, you, you know, you don't want them to become necessarily... Um, uh, masters of everything on the playbook so that they go to another team and become a spy for that other team. But you do need to train him in the very basics, learn how to uh, throw passes to your personnel, become familiar with your team to some extent. It's just idiotic that they have to find a quarterback at this late date. It's stupid. It should have been prepared for months ago. All right. So, I went off on that diatribe, got off subject, but the Browns had a very nice uh, win. The, um, the greatest part, I think, is that, uh, you know who got the game ball? Do you know? Let me just show you who got the game ball. Let me present. 
share a screen. And it was. Who is that guy? <laughs> Thanks, Gaga. Thanks. Uh, my name's Jim Donovan. The radio voice of the Browns is coming back to the booth after his leukemia is now in remission. This is his second bout with leukemia, and the doctors have given him the okay to return to work, and he's feeling better. Jim, we are so glad to see you back in the booth where you belong. And um, that is really the best There are some things in life that are even more important than the Browns versus Pittsburgh. And Jim couldn't be happier for you. That's why I'm a Browns fan. That's the best part. Thank you. All right. So there, we, there you have it, Browns fan. A lot of good things happen in this game. Uh, the Browns can win. I think we've explained that. We've probably beaten that to death. That DTR did his job. The Browns are a viable team, even without Deshaun Watson. We hope that his surgery will go very, very well, and we hope to see him back uh, I'm not sure what the timetable is for his return, whether he's coming back uh, to start the season next year, whether it'll be some point in the middle of the season or what, but it, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Browns do have capable backups. They can win with those backups. The Browns have fantastic defense. Uh, there's no reason to give up without letting these guys have their chance. Football is not about giving up before giving people a chance. Uh, the Browns are are in the hunt. Uh, we've got Baltimore in our sights. I don't believe in the Baltimore Ravens. I haven't believed in them all year. I think that they are vulnerable. Let's just see how this season plays out, shall we? Um, so uh, we'll be with you again with a new show tomorrow. Take care, everyone. God bless, and go Browns.